The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a breath of fresh air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. Okay, we're almost done with the tally. Let's keep things in order. Who's next? Now we have the sons of Tobiah, the sons of Nakoda. How much? 642. 642? Okay, got it. And the priests, the sons of Habaiah, the sons of Koz, the sons of Barzillai, who took a wife of the daughters of Barzillai. I know the story, and you know, Barzillai of Gilead, um, and you all called after their name. So, okay. So there's an issue here because you all, you, you want to be listed, but we don't have a registered genealogy for you. We searched all over and it's it's just not found. Therefore, unfortunately, you will have to be excluded from the priesthood as defiled because you know, you understand the Levitical order, right? You understand that only people from the tribe of the Levites are permitted, correct? Okay. And so, you are not to eat of the most holy things until a priest can consult with the Urim and the Thummim. Okay, so when that happens, then, you know, we will confirm and we will act accordingly. And so I think that's everybody. So all together, we have 42,360 besides male and female servants. Welcome to Nehemiah chapter 7, where we discuss the genealogies of the folks that were back in the land of Israel. The wall is finally completed. In this episode, we also cover other topics pertinent to the Christian walk of life. As always, be blessed and enjoy. All right, welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air Podcast here with your hosts, Kaz Gay and Earl Roberts. We definitely appreciate everyone tuning in with us each and every week, hopefully. And yeah, how you doing, man? How's the knee? Uh, so far, so good, bro. I am. Today makes a month post-surgery, exactly four weeks. And I am permitted to, to start walking with all my crutches. Clutch. By the grace of God, I am happy. I am happy because like that's gonna help me a lot with my mobility. I'm mm-hmm. trusting my knee to start doing some stuff. Mm-hmm. What's so crazy this week? I started doing like actual um weightlifting. Okay. Right. And so before I, I was just, you know, bought my body weight out. They were teaching me how to lift my leg and kind of like extend my my leg. Mm-hmm. Um and I started catching a cramp in my leg, right? Mm-hmm. It was a mean cramp too. 
my muscles are so weak. It almost felt like when you're like, <laughs> falling <off>. asleep. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, oh, with a real Charlie horse. It's like yeah. a real potter. My muscles are so, like, like just not, like, defined or just, they ain't really used to, like, mm-hmm. contracting that deep. It really felt like, like, like a baby. Like, the most, like, the baby is... Of of cramps like ever, bro. Like it was it was actually pretty weird, bro. I was like, this is a cramp, but it's very manageable. <laughs> it's annoying nonetheless, but yeah, yeah. It just go to show how, like, just go to show how your body changes with um, with with when it goes into into trauma. But I I will say though, I am thankful to mm-hmm. God, Amen, that this is a short term disability, and I was really taken into consideration, like people who have life-changing events. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You get into accidents, you know, whatever have you that could leave you in this type of situation. And it, it really changes your life, bro. And, and, you know, you don't have, like, to me, I have, like, a light at the end of the tunnel saying that if I do this, this, and this, after X amount of months, I should be back to form. Mm-hmm. You know? and it, it, sometimes it's hard, bro. Like, sometimes I get, like, kind of, like, bored. I get bored to the point where I start to get, like, kind of angry. Like, like how mm-hmm. bored. Like, how I... I can't do nothing like today. I wanted, I wanted like a cookie or something, mm-hmm. but I I can't drive. You know what I'm saying? We don't got oh no boy. cookies, and I don't want to. I want to order it like. Yeah. But it's just like, bro, like I can't. Anything like you was at the door, bro. I had to get up. You know what I'm saying? I had to find my crutches. You see what I'm saying? Do this and that. I can't do nothing quickly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but by the grace of God, I am thankful that you know I am healing well, and I and I'm just I'm just really. I'm just really blessed that this was not a a, a life changing injury that I suffered, you know. So, Amen. That is Amen. my progress report. Amen. God is good, man. Yeah, God all is the time. good. On the road to recovery. Yes, sir. No more crutches. That's awesome. So, like, how long until you like they say about a year until you like fully recovered? Yeah. So nine months to a year is okay. when I should be like, oh, okay. I can run basketball games and mm-hmm. I don't have to worry. Mm-hmm. Right, that's best case scenario. I do not intend to be that physical anytime this year. I can take it very slow. Like even after I, I strong, my boy, I, I gonna keep working. My boy, so you can be very cautious. <laughs> I'm gonna be very cautious. But um, so now, so so in the next two weeks, they want me to be fully weight bearing on my knee, like mm-hmm. where I I do not need crutches for anything. So starting starting today, I could I could try. But mm-hmm. I still need to walk on my crutch just in case. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, but um, so by week six, which is two weeks from now, I would be tasked to walk without crutches. You know what I'm saying? And then after, at the three-month mark, I'm jogging in a straight line. Okay. Know, and, and then it progresses it progresses um, from there. Mm-hmm. Sooner or later, we're going to start working on like lateral movement. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Because I suffered two injuries. I suffered the... Uh, um, the ACL, which is a ligament, and then my meniscus, which is I don't know what it is, a <laughs> but a tendon. Yeah. <laughs> so one yeah. connects muscle to muscle, and one connects muscle to bone. Correct. So the so the meniscus is what's make was was making my progress so slow because I don't want to agitate that. That's why they don't want me to bend and do certain things. But yeah, sooner or later, I will be back to um, good form. Yeah, man. God, all things are possible. Yep. So this is also good to see you. Like recovering and yeah. making the steady progress. Really? That is awesome. All right. So we got a tall task on our hands today. Yeah, man. I'm fresh off the boat and we got like <laughs> Nehemiah 7. 
All right, so Nehemiah 7, and it has 73 verses. It's going to be a mouthful. It's going to be a, a lot, a lot, a lot of talking. But just to set the, set the scene, um, so we see last chapter, um, last episode, last chapter was in, in Nehemiah 6, and we see there was a conspiracy against Nehemiah when Sambalat, Jeshim, and their, their compatriots, their friends, Mm-hmm. Came together and conspired against Nehemiah, trying to just chop him, saying, okay, we could lure him away from God's work. And Nehemiah had, like, you know, a classic response. I am doing a great work. Like, why should I even come to you guys? And we see they, they tried their plots. They tried their plots. But again, they all failed. Nehemiah didn't um, go. And we see, again, like, when we go down in the chapter, we see how connected these guys who were trying to trap Nehemiah, how connected they were to actually the Israelite community. And we see a lot that came from the intermarriages that we could saw, that we saw from Ezra's book, the book of Ezra. And we see some of that stuff came again, coming back to haunt the Israelites. I mean, it's almost like a repeat from when they first came into the land of Canaan centuries ago. Um, not doing what they're supposed to be doing and doing what they're not supposed to be doing. Oh. And it's a constant snit of these people, as, as we can see. And so now, well, we also saw something last week that the wall was essentially done. And we see Nehemiah, those completed it in, what, two months? Yep, a little like un- fifty three days or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, like a little, like pretty much like two months, like one and a half, one anyway, two months, and, and it was remarkable because we see like what um, what a group of people could accomplish when they put their mind to it and actually follow the will of God, and we know it was God's will that you know the wall get done. Jerusalem becomes a city, a fortified city, and we see Nehemiah came and got it done in two months. Something that they couldn't, that they failed. <laughs> Twice to do, essentially. Yep. But Nehemiah came and got and got got it done. So now we're in set stage for Nehemiah 7. So we've got a lot to go through. It's gonna be interesting. Some of it gets mundane in the middle there, but we'll try to make it as lively as we could and discuss it as we can. Um it's a lot of genealogy. numbers and genealogy again. Yep. Reminiscent to the beginning of, you know, the Bible. But here we go, man, in verse one. Then it was when the wall was built that I had hung the doors, when the gatekeepers, the singers, the Levites had been appointed, that I gave charge of Jerusalem to my brother Hanani and Hananiah, the leader of the citadel, for he was a faithful man and feared God more than many. So we see what's interesting, like, right out the gate. We know Nehemiah was put, like, from the king gave Nehemiah to be governor over these people, right? Nehemiah said, I came here, I do what I had to do. Now, guess what? Even the same things with Sambalat, that was the guy was charging me of. Right? I even, I even going to relinquish my authority. I keep putting someone else in charge. Yep. I came here. I accomplished my mission. God's happy. Y'all safe. I came here. I did what I had to do. I don't even want the power. So y'all can't <laughs> even say anything. I don't even want the power. I had the power for as long as I needed it to get stuff done. And, I, and, and we see in like three chapters ago, Nehemiah wasn't even, he wasn't even living the life of a governor. He wasn't taking the money. He wasn't taking the rashes that he actually was entitled to. And he even made his court not take the rashes that they were entitled to to make sure the people had what they needed and were self-sufficient while they were building the wall. Yeah, all of the amenities that were afforded to the previous governors, he chose not to have. And it's crazy because after all of that, after all of that self-control and all of that nobility, people still turn around and lie on him and accuse him of all of the things that he worked hard to, that he worked against, you know? It's just, it, I don't know, to me that's kind of wild. But 
you know. You know, like how in, you know, a lot of times they say they hated on Jesus, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But like, truthfully, like, Jesus was perfect, did everything right, and actually loved people, and people found error in that, and, and, it, and they hated that, you know. Mm-hmm. So seeing it happen to someone who was of noble report, that should not even be shocking, to be honest. Man, that's wild. Um, verse three, and I said to them, Nehemiah talking here, do not let the gates of Jerusalem be opened until the sun is hot. And while they stand guard, let them shut and bar the doors and appoint guards from among the inhabitants of Jerusalem, one at his watch station and another in front of his own house. Can you think anything was like interesting about that? Uh, uh not really. I mean, you know, tension's still kind of high, you know, still enemies around. Yeah. So you got to stay safe. It's like, don't have a false sense of security now that you guys got a wall, essentially. Like, mm-hmm. you guys got a wall, y'all ain't, <laughs> y'all ain't used to nice things. So let me show y'all how to take care. This is how this should be operated. For real. Don't, <laughs> don't slack off. Yeah. Like, don't think this, don't think the wall is so protecting. You still have to do your part. The wall is a good deterrence and a good defense, but... What good is the wall of y'all in there, man, and, it, and have it wide open yeah. <laughs> for everybody what's to come point, in? What's the point of it? Oh, my. Anyway, that's a... I feel like that, I almost got a political conversation. <laughs> We're not getting to that conversation today. No. Okay, so in verse 4, now the city was large and spacious, but the people in it were few, and the houses were not rebuilt. Then my God put into my heart to gather the nobles the rulers and the people that they might be registered by genealogy. And I found a register of the genealogy of those who had come up in the first return and found written in it. These are the people of the province who came back from captivity and of those who had been carried away whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away and returned to Jerusalem and Judah, everyone to his city. Those who came with them were Zerubbabel. Those who came with Zerubbabel were Jeshua, Nehemiah, Zaria, Ramiah, Nehemiah, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mispereth, Bigvi, Nahum, and Bana. The number of men who came with the people of Israel, the sons of Parosh, 2,172. The sons of Sephiah, 372. The sons of Ara, 652. The sons of Pahath, Moab, of the sons of Jeshua and Joab, 2,818. The sons of Elam, 1,254. The sons of Zatu, 845. The sons of Zechai, 760. The sons of Benuai, 648. The sons of Babai, 628. The sons of Asgad. It's a nice name, gotta As- admit. Asgad? <laughs> yeah, it's, it sounds, oh no, it sounds interesting. Two God, he's not a five. I don't know what what's the out about that name. I don't know. I guess it sounds like I think I, I think I know why. Okay, it, it's probably from Marvel. Okay, yeah, it sounds it sound familiar to that name. Yeah. Okay. Two thousand three hundred and twenty-two. The sons of Adokam, Adokam, six hundred and sixty-seven. The sons of Bigvi, two thousand sixty-seven. The sons of Aden, six hundred and sixty-five, fifty-five. The sons of Hezekiah, ninety-eight. The sons of Hashum, 328. The sons of Bezai, 324. The sons of Haraf, mm-hmm. 112. The sons of Gibeon, 95. The sons of the men of the men of Bethlehem and Nethopah, 100, 
188, the sons of Anoth, 128, the sons of Beth Azmath, Azmaveth, 42, the sons of Kirth Jajiriam, Siphiharoth, <laughs> Beroth, 743, the men of Ramah and Geba, 621, the men of Mike Mikmaz, 122, the men of Bethel and Ai, haven't heard those two cities in a very long time. Yeah, plenty of these old cities get named. Yeah. 123, the men of other Nebo, 52, the, the sons of other Elam, 100, uh, 1,254, the sons of Haram, 320, the sons of Jericho. Jericho. Interesting. 345, the sons of Lord Hadid and On Ono from the Plains of Ono. Oh, no. <laughs> 721. The sons of Sina, 3,930. The priests, the sons of Jedediah, the house of Jeshua, 973. The sons of Immer, 1,052. The sons of Pashur, 1,247. The sons of Hiram, 1,017. The Levites, the sons of Jeshua and Kadmiel. I'm sorry, who had to get dragged on? <laughs> they were forced. Where are the Levites? Uh... And the sons of Hodva, 74. The singers, the sons of Asaph. This is the Asaph who in Psalms? Oh, uh, yeah. We live a long time after David. <laughs> no, I think I think they they just... So it's like, you know, like how they say the Levites, right? Yeah. And they have a um, they have a role mm-hmm. uh, as a priestly clan. I think the sons of Asaph are known as like the, the well, they, singers. They're like known the, as the singers. The, the, the singers? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the singers. Like, yeah. Um, 148, the gatekeepers, the sons of Shalom, the sons of Atar, the sons of Talmun, the sons of Akub, the sons of Hatiyah, the sons of Shobai, 138, Nethium, the sons of Jiha, the sons of Haspupa, Taboath, Keros, Sia, Pardon, Lebaniah, Lebana, Hagaba, Salmai, Hanan, Gideel, Jeha, Reha uh, resin. <laughs> bro, I'm probably butchering you, these. You cutting out so much time, bro. You getting straight to it. Bro, might as well, bro. Uh, I believe you. Bro, I might as you. well. Like, it's a lot. Nekoda, Gazam, Uzzah, Pizziah, Beshai, Manuam, Nephesium, Babuk, Hachufpa, Haher, Basleth, Mihayada, Harsa, Barkus, Sisera, Tama, Nazia, Hatifa, the sons of Solomon, the servants of Shotai, the sons of Seraph, Sophoreth, the sons of Perida, Jela, Darkon, Gideel, Sephathia, Hatil, Pok, Pokereth, of Zabeam, Amnam, all the Nithinim. And the sons of Solomon's servants were 392, bro. That's a lot of people just for 392, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of people. They break down their dime, bro. Bro, what? Bro, I was expecting like 5,000 or something <laughs> at least, bro. Nope. And all, and these were the ones who came up from Telma, Telharsha, Cherub, Adon, Emmer, but they could not identify their father's house nor their lineage. Mercy. Whether they were of, Is- whether they were of Israel. The sons of Delilah. Delilah. Delilah, yeah. I was like, something means song, right? That extra A in there. Mm-hmm. The sons of Tobiah. The sons of 
Nekoda, 642. And of the priests of the sons of Habaiah, the sons of Kos, the sons of Barzillai, who took a wife of the daughters of Barzillai, uh, the Gileadite, and was called by their name. These sought their listing among those who were registered by genealogy, but it was not found. Therefore, they were found, they were excluded from the priests as defiled. Mercy. And the governor said to them that they should not eat of the most holy things till the priest could consult with the Urim and Thummim. Yeah. Altogether, the whole assembly, assembly was 42,360 besides their male, besides their male and female servants of whom were 7,337 and they who had 245 men and women singers. Their horses were 736, their mules were 245, their camels were 435 and the donkeys were 6,720. And some of the heads of the fathers' houses gave to their work. The governor gave to the treasury 1,000 gold drachmas, 50 basins, and 530 priestly garments. Some of the heads of the fathers' houses gave to the treasury of the work of 20,000 gold drachmas and 2,200 silver minas. And that which the rest of the people gave was 20,000 gold drachmas, 2,000 silver manas and minas, and 67 priestly garments. So the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, some of the people, the Nethanim, and all Israel dwelt in their cities. So what's interesting to me yeah, is that we have people who know or who believe that they are Israelites mm -hmm. or they are Jews. Specifically, they came back from exile, or they might have been there the whole time, right? They are included in the number, but they have no way of verifying. Which is interesting, right? Who they are. Like, I, I'm like, that's, it's, I think it's easy for, for things to get lost. Exactly. You know, I want to say in translation, but lost during exile and. Your city getting socked and burned. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I think it's pretty easy, easy because, like, <clears throat> let's put it like this. You might have one person in your family who deals with the documentation. Mm -hmm. They might have these things documented and even shared with you. You know what I mean? They end up getting taken to exile or even got, getting killed. Now, we don't know how to prove this thing. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Or whatever documentation you're allowed might get destroyed. You know what I'm saying? Now, you you do not have anything. But I don't know. that that To me, that sucks, bro. And I don't think we had a resolve on... I don't think we get a resolve on if they were actually... Um, counted in that number They just was like Bro nah I mean Until we consult in, Until we get word With, with the Urim um, And Thummim They mentioned mm -hmm. Y'all not to take part In anything You see what I'm saying Cause I mean cause And, and, and you might ask Why right Cause I mean People gotta realize um, You go back to Deuteronomy and Leviticus Them right You couldn't Perform the functions Of a priest Unless it was like Confirmed that you were from the line of Aaron. Mm -hmm. It's like you couldn't even just be a Levite. You had to be from the line of Aaron to be a priest. That's come you see like like priests were Levites, but not all not all Levites were priests. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So now I was like, yeah, we can't confirm where in the family you from. Y'all claim to be priests, and quite honestly, y'all might be priests. 
But since we can't confirm that, we can't trust letting you go in this holy place, my friend. I'm sorry. And that might, that, might be a, that might be a blow to the people even more so. Like, bro, like, I've been, I mean, I've, I've been raised to do this. Mm-hmm. But now y'all can't confirm it, so now I kind of, like, just hear. I mean, it, it's, I it's a, a creek right now, bro. It's like, it, it's weird, right? Because at the same time, like, bro, we trying to, we trying to make sure we're doing things right. And it ain't just good enough for me to say, bro, take your word for it at this point. But imagine, so, you know, we have tech, tech, mm-hmm. technological records and stuff, right? Imagine somebody see your wallet, bro, and he just... <laughs> I need no proof for you in the system. Like, so you saying I am this person, I you know what I mean? Like you can answer any question, but we don't have no documentation. Bro. Boy, that sucks, bro. Like, I just go for a cruise ship, right? And every time we leave the ship, when when in the port of harbor, you have to take it, you have to have your card with you, right? And man, I almost like misplaced my card on one of the things, right? I they didn't, right? But I was like, why don't I go back to the cruise ship now? Right? Cause like on the on the on the cruise ship, your card is your room card. Almost like it was only college again. Like that's your credit card on mm-hmm. on board. That's your way to get on and off the ship. Like that's everything. You don't even need like physical cash or anything on board. So I'm like, if I lose this now, how am I gonna prove <laughs> that, that that this is me? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you only gonna let me on the boat, so I can't even say, let me go back up to my room. Yeah. To like get, get my, my other documents, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, this could be a pickle, and I, I like, I think they're in the same predicament. Like, man, I know, mm. but I can't prove it. But how I can convince you to, to let me do what I what I know I should be doing? You know, convincing. <laughs> you remember? Do you recall when um Solomon's King Saul, who's the first king of Israel, mm-hmm. he um he. He was trying to, he had consulted a medium, mm-hmm. right? And the reason he did so is because the Lord did not talk, communicate with him by prophet or by dream. Or by Urim. Or by Urim. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So this Urim thing keep coming up. And whenever I Google it, bro, they make it seem like this has something to do with the the breastplate of the um Because that was a thin enough, right? But the Urim was that too? Oh, Okay. I, th- I, I literally try to Google it right now. Right. Every time I Google it, bro, it really do be, but... I can be real. It be sounding like it be sounding like cast. Like it can be sounding like like divination on the low, bro. Like, first of all, but what is it? But because every time I, that's the thing about it, right? Yeah. That's how you know we fully understand, right? Because every time we have to go back, like, what is a euro? You have to keep going back. It's, like, it's, what it's is vague, a euro? It's, all right. So it's like one thing I, I always wondered, right? Was casting lots, right? Like people in the Bible was permitted to cast lots, and. To me, that's like chance, but that's like rolling the dice. Bro. You know what I mean? Is it then that the Lord blesses it to land? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or what? It's like it's like with me and you. Let's like in a football game, and we want to know who should who should have the ball first. We flip a coin. You know what I mean? It's it's like chance. It is like because yeah, because the Urim and the Thurim, they were on the breastplate, right? But they were still so the breastplate, the Urim and the Thurim, the gold breastplate of. Of judgment hanging from the chains of the pure gold twisted cords in the breastplate were the urim and the thinum. So it was almost like you're using them to consult and right. see and like have God. I guess it would be blessed by God. Now, right. This is where it gets. No, but it's it, interesting conversation to have. That no, but honestly, truthfully, and we and we didn't do in depth research on this, but they talk about urim and stuff in Exodus, but like they talk about in Exodus. We we see Solomon mm-hmm. wasn't. Like contact, um, con- contacted via Urim. You know what I'm saying? Like this conversation, 
it's not an uncommon thing, especially during that time. And what get me is that every time, every time, every time you look at a picture, right? They have the twelve stones, right? And everyone just point to her and saying, "Yeah, the hidden, hidden in the breastplate of judgment contained the urim and the thinnenum." I'm like, what do they look like though? I, I know, but by the grace of God, maybe God used to communicate with them. I ain't, I, I don't deny it. You know what I'm saying? I think it's just kind of vague. Yeah, in Exodus twenty-eight thirty, and thou shalt put in the breastplate of judgment the urim and the thinnenum, and they shall be upon Aaron's heart when he goeth in before the Lord and Aaron shall bear the judgment for the children of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually. Hmm. Yeah. So they were, so the Urim and Thinnenum were two stones. Mm-hmm. And they, but no one truly knows today what they actually look like. Okay. That, okay. And that, that's the problem. That's, that's really the problem because when you, when you, when you, but when you look up definitions of these things, but it do sound like but it, Loki sound like like crystals and thing they dealing with, but like real talk, but like you look it up, it's I'm like, but what's the difference between this and a and a and a Ouija board? Like you know what I mean? Like I, I and I'm not and I'm trying not trying to be. I get you, bro. I right? get you. But you saying you saying you ask a question and then the element responds to you. You catch what I'm saying? Like yeah. And and to me, I believe that's because they don't know what it is, bro. Like yeah, no it, one truly know what it what it looks like or right? what it looks like. So in the Adventist Church, we don't view speaking in tongues the way a lot of like people. View speaking uh, a lot of Christians, especially like Pentecostal and Baptist, view speaking in tongues. They speak in tongues, and it always seems like they speak in the same language, bro. Like hota shara da da, like mm, that, that type mm-hmm. of thing. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but that, like to me, phonetically, that's kind of what it sounds like, right? It always sounds like the same language. When you read the Bible, the Bible does not have a like a phonetic example of speaking in tongues. Like it didn't say, you know, like oh, um, Jesus say, um. Um, no, okay, you know, like how in Daniel they say mene, mene, tekel. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? That's awesome. obviously, a, 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 yeah, a different language, mm-hmm. and they have it written so you can actually sound it out, right? Mm-hmm. Like they don't have in the New Testament words, they spoke in tongues and they said, mm-hmm. come amos. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they don't have that. So, if people come to you today, and I think about this a lot, if someone was to, if someone really was to fabricate speaking in tongues, present it to you, and say, this is what it was like, right? We do not have like a, a, a audio, a sonic example of it to disprove it. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's why the disconnect between the way Adventists and, you know, a lot of other Christians and people who, who commonly speak in tongues. I was listening to this guy who, who his testimony was that he was born into like witchcraft and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But now he was saved. He was delivered by Jesus Christ. He had an encounter, right? And he was talking. And I, I, I like the way he, he talked about stuff because like, in the New Testament, they speak about demons. They speak of people casting out demons and stuff like that. And mm. Jesus says that the disciples mm. would go on to do greater things. And then mm. he also said that he left his Holy Spirit. And I'm like, mm. bro, there's no way this was only happening during this in the first century. You know what I'm saying? 20 centuries later. And it's like, no, no mm. one can do it no more. You know, so when he speaks about this, I'm listening to him. And then he gets to saying how it was one time he was trying to like deliver somebody from autism. And... He was saying that he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do. He kept praying. He kept praying. And he said the Holy Spirit told him to pray in tongues. And to me, that was like a big antenna for me now. Because I'm like, ooh, does this conflict with the word? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Now, when we read the word, the first time we, and I don't know how we get on tongues because we obviously talk about Nehemiah. But when you read Acts chapter 1, mm-hmm. it is bro, it is blatantly clear that when they say tongues, they are speaking about languages. languages. And the reason, the reason we know that 
is because they say there are people of different language and everybody understood in their own tongue. So and we're shocked that they could actually understand what they were saying and that these people know their foreign tongue, like their native tongue. Their native tongue. And so if you read the King James Version, Acts chapter 1, they say language and they say tongues and they use the two interchangeably. You understand? Another another, another chapter um, in the New Testament, um, Paul talks about people who have spiritual gifts. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? He said, whoever speaks in tongues edified themselves. He said, bro, if... If it was up to me, I would I would rather y'all prophesy. Mm. You know what? And, and another thing, when in the Bible, when it says prophesy, a lot of times prophesy meant preach. Mm -hmm. And I think we went over this before, but think about it like this. If God tells you something that is just common, like everyday nuggets for you to have, mm -hmm. and I preach it to people, I am still prophesying because it's coming from the Lord, mm -hmm. but it's not a futuristic event. So like a lot of times when we think about prophecy... We think about something that is coming to pass. And that, that could be true too. But not everything God told tell them was a futuristic thing. You know, sometimes God might say, don't do this. And when you repeat that, you're still prophesying, you know? Mm. Anyway, so Paul was saying, when you prophesy, you edify others. When you speak in tongues, you edify yourself. Mm. You know what I mean? And a lot of people use that text and they use that to say, yeah, I, that's why I speak in tongues when I need to edify myself type situation. You know what I mean? And, you know, when you re, when you look at the definition of edify, it ain't really like, it don't really, it ain't really like a condemning thing or a selfish thing to like just say, I am edifying myself. But the thing about it is, there's one more text that I could think of off the top of my head where Paul is saying that when you have, a, when you speak in tongues, you need to translate it. Mm. And that's the part where people, a lot of people just do not that's the power people missing. So when I think about that text and I put all of the, the text that I know biblically, now I try to put my biases aside, but biblically when I put all my text, all these texts together, I'm just like, bro, am I to believe that God is telling you to, to say something that you don't even know what you're saying? But Paul is also saying that when you speak in tongues, someone have to, have to, um, what it called, translate it. Mm -hmm. But if it's only you, pre if it's only you praying, how you could translate it? You see what I'm saying? And it's like to me, but and I don't, I don't I don't really like try to stun on nobody's beliefs, but I just like why why God wants you to speak in gibberish like. Well, let me pull it up because I was in First Corinthians fourteen just to read the text. Yeah, know? why? But like, but like, why speaking nothingness? Like you know, we have texts in the Bible that say God understands your hearts and like your needs and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, but anyway, while you while you pull it up, let me tie it back to the conversation I was saying. So we in a, we had a stalemate right now. Well, you know, one demographic of Christian, they speak in tongues and they follow this form of language, you know, and they do it regularly. I heard I heard a minister say that he he um while he was at his church, the the senior pastors told him straight up, bro, like, unless you speak in tongues, you cannot be a minister here, bro. Like all of our ministers have to speak in tongues. Like that was a requirement, you know what I mean? But because we don't help because we don't have an example of how it sounds. Like, you can't just say, bro, you're all speaking gibberish. Oh, Tashana, da, 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 da. Like, you know, some people make a joke about it, but I want to just be, I just want to just come out and say, bro, like, come on, bro. Like, y'all ain't speaking, y'all mumbling right now, but y'all so, making these stuff up. In 1 Corinthians 14, and literally in the New King James Version, the title is Order in, Order in Church Meetings. Okay. How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue. Again, we can leave it right there. Talking about, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all 
things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, see now we going back to tongues. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be let there be two or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. Again, you're all talking in different languages. We don't need we don't need we don't need fifty million languages. Mm-hmm. And then if you're all talking, have someone else there and interpret what you're all saying, so everyone else can understand. But if there is no but if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church. Mercy. Let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and let and let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And of spirits of the prophets are subject to prophets. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to to the prophets, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, mm. as in all churches and of the saints. So, yeah, I mean, right there, I'd say, bro, if, you pro- if you're speaking in tongues, speak unto God. So, I mean, based on that, you know, that man was justified in speaking in tongues unto God. But in my opinion, bro, like, if you don't understand what you're saying, I ain't, I ain't finished my research yet, but I, 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 I don't see that as being fruitful. But anyway, the reason why we had a stalemate where we can have dis- uh, disagreements is because... I can't just straight up disprove your tongue. You say I can't just say, but you don't speak in no language. You know, you know, like oh, when people trying to speak in code, but they like they might be lying, like acting like they speaking in code, but they just trying to make up something. I want to be able to say that's what's happening, but I can't. But anywho, that is the similar situation with the with the Urim and the Thummim. I found that a lot of times when you know the Bible does not give us the level of detail that we need, you go online. And some people laugh to their own imagination. They can put any type of definition on this thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They could have it's like the book of Joshua, right? We are in the Bible, they mention like two or three times this book of Joshua. However, they have people online who put out a book called the Book of Joshua. It's spoken in Mercy. old in old like King James Version. It, it referencing stuff from Genesis straight through. And you would say, bro, yeah, this has to be the authentic thing. Until you look and you see the <laughs> the inaccuracies, right? And then you get, you know, you get biblical scholars' opinions on it, and like everybody agrees that, bro, that, no, this is this is a falsified book of Joshua. You know what I'm saying? That was written probably in I think it was the 16th century or or some or something like that. But anywho, uh, since they had their Urim and their Thummim during the time of Nehemiah, they were able. To con- to consult God via your um, via your room and Thummim, and hopefully these said who didn't have their um, their genealogy intact, you know, God cleared that up, you know, and hopefully for their sake they actually were descendants of somebody, but they just didn't have the documentation. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting place to be, in. and just going back to the tongues conversation real quick is you go in Acts chapter two and you could read. It's Acts chapter 2. I said Acts chapter 1 earlier. Yeah. It's Acts chapter 2. You can read from Acts chapter 2, really from verse 1. This is the story of Pentecost from verse 1 straight up down to verse 13. And it tells, like, again, like, the, the Holy Spirit began to speak. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak other tongues. And again, tongues in the Bible is languages. And the Spirit gave them utterance. And we see how people from different nations, literally the Bible goes and lists a bunch of different countries, a bunch of different regions, and they were all perplexed. But they were saying that, you know, these people, how... In verse eleven, we heard them speaking in our own in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, "Whatever could this be?" 
again, other people were just all the people were mocking them, saying, "Yeah, you guys just drunk." Mm-hmm. But again, again, do your research. We're going to do our own research again. But it's just an interesting topic. And, and again, like we talked about this in last week's episode with Dominic, right? Like you shouldn't be offended if someone tries to challenge your belief in the Bible. It should also just make you want to read and learn more because there are a lot of people who practice things just out of habit. Like religion for a lot of people is more habitual than personal. Mm-hmm. Like you're just doing things because you've been doing it all your life. Why you go to church on Sunday, you've been doing it all your life. I think a lot of people who go to church on Saturday too, you've been doing it all your life and you don't even know why you're going to church on Saturday. You know what I'm saying? Like at a point in time, you, you have to take your religion from being habitual to personal. You have to know what you're doing and why you're doing it and why it makes sense for you to be doing this. You know what I'm saying? Like I respect people like when I was in India, like people who were um, um, Hindus who converted to Christianity. You know, like it, it, it takes a lot to go from some of these other religions to just even come to Christianity. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like it, it takes a lot because like, especially when it's such, it's so ingrained in your culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so hard to escape but at a certain point in time. You've got to ask yourself, everybody around the world, like not just, not even just Christians, no, everyone around the world have to ask yourself, like what are we doing? Why are we doing it? You know what I'm saying? This is, this is habitual. This is a part of my culture. Or is it something like God actually asked me to do it? Because again, sometimes your culture influences your religion and your religion influences your culture. And how you interpret the Bible, you have a lens, but at the same time, we all have to remove our lens, our own biases, and read the Bible for what it is. You know what I'm saying? Me and Kazi ain't got all the answers. We, we don't. We admit that on the part all the time. You know what I'm saying? And Urim. We on the part still like here trying to figure it out, right? But like certain things, it ain't even like to not offend, but it's like you shouldn't be offended if someone questions what you do and why you do it, especially if you know why you do it. Comment below. You know what I'm saying? And we, and we open up the discussion because, again, we want to learn more and we hope everyone else, again, use this as a conversational tool to further studies of your own. We said at the beginning of every podcast because it's important. You know, it's definitely important. And, you know, you test scripture with scripture. You, you, you see how it lines up. You see how Kazi, when he's going through his uh, tongues uh, discussion, was able to go to different verses and say, hey, this is why I believe my point because not just in this one place, but like we see it in Corinthians, we see it in Acts, we see it in someplace else. Like this common thread is followed through. So I arrived at this conclusion. And I think it's important to know that because scripture box up scripture. So random tangent, but I think it's important. Yeah, no, and that's a that's a consistent theme throughout the Bible. And that's actually very important, bro. Like it's very important that your scripture it um lines up. Which I believe, like I was watching, I was watching a, 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 a Instagram skit today. It's this young man, and I believe he's probably young in the faith, but he was trying to make this skit where someone, where someone was reading this text, would say something like "All sinners." I, I think the text is like "All sinners have a part in the lake of fire" or something like that, right? And the dude was like, "Man, am I gonna go to hell because mm-hmm. I'm a sinner?" And the devil was like, "Yeah." And then God was like, "No, because you believe, you know, because you, you know what I'm saying. I, I died to pay for all your sins, right?" And in my mind, I'm like, bro, it's funny how you have a text right here, bro. You have a text, like a tangible text from the word. And then you, in your skit, you use your opinions to disprove the text. Like, mm. you ain't pull a text that say, you know, oh, because I died, all sinners mm-hmm. who believe X, Y, Z. You see what I'm saying? And it's like, if you was to do that, now you be opening up a floor for context. You know what I mean? But you just go on straight opinion, opinion. You know what I mean? And I, and I do believe that that you believe that. But to me, it's like, bro, 
what is the point of Jesus telling the woman caught in adultery to sin no more? Like, if Jesus was just going to die for her sins, bro, like, mm. what's the point in that? You know what I'm Man. saying? So, keep going. I don't want, I don't want you to lose your thought. Oh, you I, can go. I go on like a slight tangent, but kind of related. No, go on. You watched, kind of getting off topic, right? You watched the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. This year's Super Bowl odds was very interesting. Mm -hmm. Because why? There was a lot of... The Jesus. Jesus with us, right? Mm -hmm. And again, like, if you were part of like, you know, following these religious commentators on YouTube and stuff, like a lot of people started to comment on it. Trying to figure out like, bro, like, was it bad? Was it good? Did it accomplish the mission? What was the mission? Because some of the odds was a little bit interesting. Mm -hmm. But it was still like, oh, y'all pushing Jesus. But like, was it a good way to do it, right? But it, it's interesting, right? Because one guy take on it was like, man, he like, he say, to put Jesus out there is good. But the image of Jesus y'all putting out there is kind of a false interpretation of Jesus. Mm. Because whereas Jesus is accepting, as in, we talk about the woman, the woman who had like the adult, adulterous woman. He said, whereas Jesus is accepting and forgiving, Jesus calls us to turn away from our actions. Y'all just showing Jesus' exception, but calling, but not showing the other side of the coin. Mm -hmm. It's not... I accept you and keep sinning is I accept you but sin no more. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem that I have with the ad. He say, I love that it was a billionaire who actually owns Hobby Lobby. You know, Hobby Lobby, you go oh, Hobby yeah. Lobby, you have a lot of spiritual. Yeah. yeah. It was a, it was a, that billionaire actually paid for all those ads. Okay. He's a billionaire. So seven million, nothing to a billionaire. I'm glad you said that, you know, because I saw someone online say, but if the church have Super Bowl money, they need to start paying taxes. Nah, it was, it was a billionaire. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and again, that's it's, it's random context, right? But 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 my thing is like, and I think it's in, I, I think like that context is 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 what a lot of Christians when they talk about Jesus leave out, and they leave it out because it's the harder conversation to have. Mm -hmm. It's easy to promote a God who loves us all, which is hundred percent true. But it's a God who calls us to be repentant, and that's the harder message. I don't want to use the word sell, but that's the harder conversation to have. Yes. And bro, I think it's only harder because of the lack of boundaries, bro. When we go to Muslim countries, <laughs> we know exactly the type of God they serve, bro. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are drawn to that discipline, bro. Especially young black men, bro. A lot of black men, they see that. They see that discipline yep. and they love that, bro. They love that structure. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And I'm like, bro, in turn, I don't know who like the Islamic P PR team is. But Christians need to hire them because, like, a lot of the things, we share a lot of commonalities with our faith. Mm -hmm. And we get killed for some of the commonalities that we share. But it's because they don't fold, bro. That's this is point. what it is, bro. And this is what we believe. And we do not bend on that. People know, like, all right, we ain't bothering with that. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? But it's like, you go to this Christian and they're extreme. You see what I'm saying? You go to this Christian and anything goes. You know what I'm saying? But you could strike at any way. You could strike right. for being extreme. You could strike for being too positive. You could strike. You could just pick and choose everything. Bro, I, I, I saw someone on TikTok a few months back saying that they love the, the Islamic God because the Islamic God is like, bro, if somebody hits you, bro, hit them back, bro, straight up. All this Christian forgiveness thing, they ain't into. And in my mind, I'm like, bro, you, you hear what you're saying? You, you, prefer, you prefer someone who, who pushes um, revenge over someone who says forgiveness, right? Love and but, forgiveness. Right, because you're thinking from a victim standpoint, mm -hmm. what about when you're the villain? Exactly. You know what I mean? What, what about when you're on trial? Wouldn't you want someone, bro, 
a lot of times when we commit, when we commit an act, a lot of times we we remorseful. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times, like when we feel the true magnitude of our actions, we like, bro, I, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to beat you this again. You know, some people are repeat offenders and stuff, but a lot of times we feel consequences and a thought comes in our mind. If only I could get off this, bro, I ain't doing this again. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? And sometimes people get grace, but you get pulled over by the police. You know you were speeding. The police say I can let you off with a warning. You're happy. You happy for that? <laughs> you ain't saying no. I break the law, bro. Now you gotta get me, me back, bro. Like, give, give me the ticket. Give me, give me that ticket, bro. Like you see what I'm saying? No, bro. Like you see what I'm saying? And and I and I I love, but I really do love um our our religion slash way of life because it teaches me a type of love that I'm not gonna get in society. No. It teaches me stuff that I don't think I would get on my own either, bro. Like, mm-hmm. naturally, on my own, if I feel attacked, I want to defend myself or I want to remove myself from the situation, right? But God is saying, forgive, bro. When we talk about um, Matthew chapter 5, when Jesus say, yo, God shines the light, the sunlight on the good and the, on the wicked. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Every day. You, you, you catch what I'm saying? So it's like, bro, it's people who hurt in God every single day, but he still show up for them every day. They alive. Yeah. They, you could be bro. whatever religion. Bro, sometimes I really wonder what it's like to be God, you know? And not in the all-power sense, right? It's the, sen- it's the, the sense that I genuinely love the world, right? With my very essence. Like, God is love. That's a concept that's even... Man, someone like I was listening to something like a couple Sabbaths ago after church, and this guy was really saying, Man, to be love, you have to be the lover, the one who is loving and the essence of love, and the one who is loved <laughs> all in one, which is so interesting. He said, like, That's where the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit comes in all the, all the play. But anyway, right? That's a different concept. But like, man, I, I was going with this, like, you have a world you create that you love, and you know what it is? Dang, that 75% of them don't even know you. Don't even care about you. Don't even care about you worshiping other gods blatantly for you, but every day you're still showing them the same amount of love and protection that you show the ones who do. And even the ones who do love you or claim to love you, they ain't even worshiping you the right way that you was desire. They still doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, 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 it's, and man, and like, sometimes I just wonder like, how heartbreaking that must be for God. Mm-hmm. But then you feel, then, then you just come to the realization, bro, like, God must really just love us, bro. Because it's like, no way us in our human mind could deal with that. Bro, really? Y'all, like, what I, like, you know, like, in human society, we have the mindset, bro, look out for those who look out for you. Huh. Half of y'all ain't even, don't even have an interest in knowing me what I care about y'all for. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and let me tell you, it's so ironic about that. I think it's the same Matthew chapter five, bro. Uh-huh. Jesus say, bro, you know, you people just want to love those who, who love them, right? He said, but even tax collectors do that. <laughs> he said, it's like, like who really make you different, bro? Like, exactly. All right. So Matthew five forty three. You have heard you have heard that it was said, you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you that you may be sons of your father in heaven for he make the sun rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even tax collectors do the same? Mm -hmm. And if you greet your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even tax collectors do so? 
Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven. Perfect, bro. And that's is, this is what society teaches us, bro. Like, bro, this is a common thought, bro. Like, this is almost like second nature to humans, bro. But stay in your lane. But only do for people who do for you. Exactly. Stay out of problems, X, Y, Z. And people are saying this and, and they don't understand that this is a flawed logic. You, you know what I mean? This is a logic that does not have love at the center, at the center of it, you know? Um, and, at, and at the end of the day, our our religion, a lot of people truly, I feel like it's I feel like it's a lot of um oh man, it's a lot of distraction even before you get to the word. Yeah. So whatever like you might be you might be born and raised in this denomination. And they might be pushing you in a way. They might try to shape your mindset before you even get, get to reading the word. And the reason I say that is because a lot of people, their view of Christianity is that, you know, God, you know, God paid it all already. So when they read the word, they could easily just ignore all of the stuff Jesus is saying. If you as, the, as a Christian, someone who believes in the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you read the four gospels, mm-hmm. There's no way you could leave that, them four gospels saying, bro, once saved, always saved, that Jesus paid for all our sins. There's no way you could do that. There's no way you could do that. You see what I'm saying? When Jesus talks about sins, he's direct. And he does not, he does not like contradict himself. But it's then later on when Paul started to write these letters that people interpret them as saying, oh, oh yeah, nailed to the cross. Oh, we don't have to do this. We don't have to do that. And a lot of times people don't understand the, the target audience. You know what I'm saying? The, the And even the real point that, that Paul is trying to get across. You know, mm-hmm. some people don't know the difference. Some people, they might see the word Sabbath, Sabbath day, and they do not know the difference between monthly Sabbath, yearly Sabbath, festivals, festivals, holidays. You see weekly Sabbath. They have a, a, a Sabbath that happens once every 50 years, the year of Jubilee. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's a Sabbath year, bro. You guess what I'm saying, bro? Like people, they don't understand. They don't understand these concepts, bro. But then when they read, they say, "Oh, don't let no one judge you for a Sabbath day." You see what I'm saying? Or, or for what you eat or drink. Mm-hmm. You know. But you don't. You don't understand. This is a this a deep conversation they having. Like you, you ain't really you ain't really getting to that. And I've been reading Revelation all week, um, because I was trying to understand the the four horsemen of the apocalypse and and the mm-hmm. plagues and stuff like that. And one red, white, black, and pale. Yep. And one thing I do notice, though, is that people put so much emphasis on the mark of the beast, but the seal of God is mentioned quite a number of times yep. in, 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 in the book of Revelation. Like, I want to say like three or four times they mention the seal or, or they, when they talk about, when they talk about the hornets, right? They talking about the hornets and these, they, they like horses and all, but they ain't touched those who were sealed. Right. You know what I mean? You know what's so interesting too? Sorry, you go. No, go on, go on. It's so interesting how the like devil has humanity's sign, I mean, logic so flawed. He has more people worrying about what the mark of the beast is than what the seal of God truly is. Some people do not know about the seal. Some people do not know that the seal of God exists. And don't you find that interesting? That's very interesting. Because if you have the seal of God, what you care about the mark? <laughs> now, now watch this though. Like, the marketing team for the mark of the beast, we need that for the seal of God, bro, because you can find 666, bro, on... Wait, people Pop so culture. paranoid of that number? Yes, bro. Like you can find, bro, you can find that on a movie, in a cartoon. You right. see what I'm saying? Like you go to the cash register, your bill come up to six hundred and sixty six dollars. Yeah, no, people you, know, you got odd someone take something, bro. Like people just so nervous about that number, bro. And I used to be like that too. I used to be like that too, but now it's like 
to me, I'm more afraid of the beast than the mark of the beast. <laughs> you catch what I'm saying? Like, the beast is far more scary to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? But even even still, greater is he that's within me than he that, that is within the world. Amen. You know? And, um, you know, we turn, we, we turn genealogy into a nice, like, candid. Yeah. Like, it's off, almost like a semi-off script episode, but it's still like, it was, it, it flowed from that, the thinum and the year. I'm who know that would have turned into this big conversation. But going back to the chapter is, is very interesting. And the reason why this chapter is important, right? And a lot of people are probably asking why this chapter is so important, right? If you go back to the end of where we end the, end the Kings, right? You realize that over 2 million people almost was mm. taken to captivity into Babylon, mm. right? And if you do the math, this is barely 2%. Of those people who returned into this Jerusalem right now that Nehemiah is in. And this is like the third wave of people who came. Mercy. You know what I'm saying? And so you really get a sense of, even in Nehemiah's own words, the city was complete and it was spacious because there was no one here. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, that's, and, that's just, and that's just so, like the gravity of what truly happened to these people, right? Like they and and how much of them did not even return even after it was being rebuilt. Like so much of them have already set up lives in 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 the Babylon in Babylon yeah. and whoever else in the Persian Empire at this point. That it it's it's interesting to see who came back and and God made sure you document like you can see the family history of who actually came back to the land and now these are the people who are going to be and they're the sinners who are now inhabiting the land going forward through the rest of the books and even to the New Testament for what it's worth, right? But it's is it but it's interesting because you because you go back and ask the question like how did we get here? Hmm. Like is is good, but we go back to where was Ezra when they started construction and we see that Ellis was crying. Mm-hmm. Cause like that moment of reflection, like, man, we got to this point. Like it's a it's a happy moment, but it's still a bittersweet because we remember what we had and this yeah, is boy. nothing compared to what we had. Nothing like it. You know what I'm saying? And 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 it just shows like how how chaotic your life can go in a trajectory when you don't follow the word of God. And it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting, man. Like I just got off a cruise ship and we went to Mexico and we went to the uh, Chichen Itza, one of the seven ones in the ancient world, the Mayan temples. Right. And man, it's, it's, it's interesting to see places where people were actually sacrificed. Right. Mm. And, it's so funny, like, just being there and hearing the people talk about the collapse of the Mayan Empire. And the thing that came to my mind was like, man, this is how this is what happens to a society that has no God. Because mm. part of the reasons why the society started to collapse was because they couldn't, they could no longer please the gods. Mm. They could no longer please the gods. The sacrifices weren't good enough no more. And so now how do you do this when, you're, when your society is based off of sacrificing humans? Mm. You start sacrificing even more babies. And now you have to go to more common folk and saying, bro, give me we your child. Yeah. Someone comes, you're like, bro, hold on. I sacrifice y'all are my third child now, but we still ain't getting no rain. Right. So what are we doing? Now yeah. you're in a revolt. And I'm like, man, this is just this is so interesting how societies collapse when there is no God. And we see a prime example in the Israelites. You know what I'm saying? Like, they had they they had they had the God, but they weren't following God in their society started to collapse because they started to do these same pagan practices mm-hmm. of the nations around them. And oh my, is a case example of why we need to have God in our lives, why we should aspire to live godly lives, and why we should aspire to follow the word of God, because they had the blueprint, but they still didn't follow it.
The wall is now complete, and the city is looking large and spacious. So they performed a census and numbered all of the returned exiles and those living in the city. And they realized that their population is far less than those who went into exile. But now that the city is restored, it's time to restore their spiritual foundation. But we'll talk more about that on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by your host, Nikaz Gay. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.